our peace who has broken down every wall he is our peace he is our peace he is our peace who has broken down every wall? He is our peace. He is our peace. Cast all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. our peace He is our peace Cast all your cares on Him for He cares for you He is our Let's just cast all your cares on Him now. Cast all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. He is our peace. He is our peace. Cast all your Falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever, ever done. Sing it again now. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever ever done in his arms I feel protected in his arms never disconnected in his arms I feel protected and there's no place 
place I'd rather, rather be. service. Once again, it seems like that um, the enemy has attacked us and we kind of have to result to ulterior methods. But, you know, one promise that we have is Christ never said you had to meet in a certain place to receive from him. He said where two or three are gathered in my name. And I know all across the the area this morning, you're gathered together with your family in your living rooms, and that's all it takes. And I just pray that you will invite the Holy Spirit into your living room or your office or wherever you may be streaming this morning. And just ask God to give to you and you receive what He's what He has in store for us. Amen. It certainly is a an honor to know that in times like this of troubled times and sickness and when the enemy's all about that he is our peace and in his arms we're always protected and we're never disconnected amen so we just ask you to join in and worship with us as we sing a couple of songs here this morning i want to sing this old song feel my way every day with love it seems like that everyone is just so tense and so there's just not much compassion and love around anymore. And my prayer is that God will always keep my heart full of love. Let's just sing that old song. Fill my way every day with love As I walk with the heavenly dove Let me go all the while with a song and a smile Fill my way every day with love to the side of my Savior and God Let me never in darkness roll Keep my path free from wrath And my soul satisfied Fill my way every day with love Oh, fill my way every day with love As I walk with the heavenly dove let me go all the while with a song and a smile. Fill my way every day with love. Soon the race will be o'er and I'll travel no more. But abide in my home above. Let me sing blessed King all the way to the shore. Fill my way every day with love. Oh, fill my way every day with love As I walk with the heavenly dove Let me go all the while with the song and the smile Fill my way every day with love Lord, fill my way every day with love As I walk with the 
heavenly dove. Let me go all the while with a song and a smile. Fill my way every day with love. Amen. I trust that is your desire this morning. We're going to take our uh, prayer requests before the Lord this morning. Before we do that, let's just uh, sing this little song here. Bring all your needs to the altar. So bring all your needs to the altar. And bring all your needs to the Lord. softly there uh, we want to continue to remember our pastor brother Barry and, and his family in, in prayer this morning as they're dealing with the sickness and also I'd like to ask you to remember my mother sister Shirley uh, she's not feeling well this morning uh, we want to pray for uh, brother Matt he's dealing with a toothache this morning so let's keep him in prayer we also want to remember brother Jeff Jackson uh, Brother Tom Ward, who's uh, not doing well with the uh, sickness this morning. Keep them in your prayer. Also, we want to remember Sister uh, Karen Morlier's little grandson, Miles Mansfield. He's having some respiratory issues. Um, also, I'd like to ask you to remember uh, my daughter, Sister Ashley. Uh, she has been uh, dealing with the uh, stomach virus this week. Just remember her and remember my wife. Uh, Sister Sarah, she is dealing with some back issues again. Also, I uh, would like for you to remember a very special and dear friend of mine whom I've known for many years. Um, his mother passed away this morning, and he, him and his mother was really, really very close, and he's taking it really hard. So just uh, remember the Googe family and your prayers this morning. Also, there's many among us that is sick. Our, our congregation is been hit uh, kind of hard this week and just remember to pray for each other um, you know when one member of the body hurts we all hurt so let's just pray for each other and um, if, wherever you may be this morning let's just kneel before the Lord in prayer dear heavenly father Lord we count it father such a honor and a privilege Lord to come before you, Lord, even though the circumstances doesn't allow us, Lord, to be here together in under one roof, Lord, we, f we feel so blessed, Lord, to be able to still gather together, Lord, and we just thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity that you have allowed us and the blessings that you've given us to be able to do this, Lord. Father, it's been a, a trying week for many, Lord, and we just ask, Father, that you would come down and, and minister, Lord, to each and every need, Father, each and every household. Lord, we're longing for the day, Father, when we 
can leave this old pest house, Lord, and, and can get out of here and just be with you, Lord, throughout eternity. And now, Lord, I just pray and ask, Father, that you would just set us aside, Lord, and not look at the old broken pieces of clay here, Lord. Father, you, you are so well known, Lord, for being able to take the roughest pieces of clay and, and fashion it into the most beautiful pieces of art, Lord, to use for your glory. And Lord, we just pray and ask that you would do that with us, Father. We love you, Lord, and we just ask you to forgive us of all of our sins, Father. Bless all of those around the world, Lord, that, that's hurting this morning as well, Father. We love you, Lord, and we'll give you all the praise and glory. In your name we ask. Amen. Amen. I want to try to do a song this morning. Uh, <clears throat> I'd been asked to do this one for some time, and I just hadn't gotten around to doing it, and I'll try to do it this morning. But I would just ask you that I know we're going through difficult times, and things may be hard. Many people are dealing with financial struggles, and many people are dealing with sicknesses and all sorts of other issues, depression. Uh, I had read where depression is just running rampant throughout the country and suicides were up and uh, it was just uh, it's just really sad when you when you look around and you see this but know that we have a comforter and we have someone that we can turn to that will take all of that and deal with that for us we don't have to deal with that we can place it all on him and I encourage you this morning wherever you may be don't give up don't ever give up. Just cast it on Him and let Him take care of it for you. If you know this song, I just ask you to sing it with your family this morning. Oh, I'm not giving up. No, I'm not turning around. By the grace of God, I'll wear a shining crown. Someday will I. scarred hand oh no I'm not giving up no I'll keep going on I've been walking through the valley through this veil of tears times I've even questioned even if my Lord was near and then at times that old tempter he says why not turn around you can't get any farther because you're just losing ground oh but I'm not giving up no I'm not turning around by the grace of God I'll wear a shining crown someday I'll keep holding on to that nail-scarred hand. Oh, no, I'm not giving up. No, I'll keep going on. Now, would you mind to tell me there's been something bothering me? God's children be. 
You see, he has purpose and determined Oh, to get right in our way And turn us from the way of life And lead our souls astray Oh, but I'm not giving up No, I'm not turning around By the grace of God I'll wear a shining crown Someday and I'll keep holding on To that nail-scarred hand Oh no, I'm not giving up No, I'll keep going on Oh no, I'm not giving up No, I'm not turning around By the grace of God I'll wear a shining crown Someday, well, I'll keep holding on To that nail-scarred hand Oh no, I'm not giving up No, I'll keep going on Amen, I trust that'll be your, your desire and your testimony And you just don't give up. Just keep pressing on. The darkest hour is always just before the dawn. Amen. We're going to go ahead and turn the service over to to Brother Barry. And as we do that this morning, I'm just going to sing that song. I'm so glad he didn't throw the clay away. I just really had that song on my my heart this week. And um, you look back at all the mistakes and things that you make and you feel so unworthy to even walk through the doors of the sanctuary of a church let alone call on his name but I'm so glad that he didn't throw this old clay away that he's choosing to continuously fashion and improve on it as brother Barry gets ready to take over let's just sing this together Love. 
Good morning. God bless you. And, uh, we are honored to have all of you with us today. Uh, something that certainly is unexpected for us. Uh, I was looking up and the last broadcast that we did uh, over the waves was May 26th in 2021. And at that particular time, I thought, I think like other pastors thought, it was the last time we would broadcast. Shall we say fulfilling? God has way, and uh, we greet you all this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, don't throw you off uh, there this morning, but uh, we created the background in the church there, and uh, Brother Keith uh, was there in the pulpit this morning, and he and Matt were uh, just providing a little uh, song service and worship for us this morning, and we appreciate that. Uh, especially with Matt, he's got a uh, bad tooth there, so uh, we appreciate uh, him coming and doing that this morning. Also, want to say I appreciate Brother Jeremy uh, being there this morning and uh, blowing the dust off our controls in terms of streaming and uh, broadcasting this way, and we appreciate him coming out this morning to uh, help us uh, to get connected. Uh, we have many, as Keith said, we have many people who are not well. Uh, we have some folks that are uh, being tested, waiting on results. We have some people who are uh, going to be tested today. Uh, just got a word from the Whitlocks, and they're not feeling good today. Uh, the girls are not, and uh, we certainly want to hold them up in prayer. And have some folks uh, who are uh, really not well and struggling, so uh, we just want to bind our thoughts and our prayers together. Uh and just ask that God would intervene and, and show mercy, uh, especially in the case of those that are pretty serious. Uh, we uh, are doing this this Sunday here just to um, connect and to have a uh, little time of study and worship together. Uh, we're going to evaluate each service uh, as it comes uh, comes around and make a decision. I appreciate the deacons and their input and involvement but we're going to make a decision uh, each uh, each time and let you know in, in plenty of time so that we can uh, get back together in church uh, as soon as we can. They say that uh, this particular surge, this wave, uh, will pass in a short period of time and uh, we'll be able to get back together again. And so we're thankful for that. Um, so for now uh, and this morning, uh, we just wanted to uh, do a little study here this morning, and uh, I really uh, want to keep this brief, and uh, I will uh, 
just highlight two things, and I'll come to those two things in just uh, a little bit here this morning. But I wanted to uh, just highlight uh, two particular points that I wanted to leave with you today and uh, trust that it'll be a blessing to you. We're starting out in a new year. This is not the way we uh, plan to start, but uh, our plans are really inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. It really matters what uh, God has for us. And so I wanted to talk a little bit this morning uh, about this uh, subject that we've been dealing with. And uh, if you don't mind taking your Bible, we're going to look at a couple of passages this morning. And I want you to follow with me as we look at a couple of pieces here today. Uh, <clears throat> none of this is perhaps going to be uh, deep or complex, but there's, there's two things that have been on my heart, and I just wanted to share with you uh, these two things as we, uh, as we begin our new year. Just two things to keep in mind, or two things to talk about. And um, we want to look at this as we've been studying uh, the second coming of the Lord, and uh, in in understanding that we've been also going back and looking at the first coming uh, of Jesus and how that he was birthed on the earth and uh, drawing some lessons from there. So before we read the word, let's have a word of prayer this morning. And whatever your need is this morning, wherever you are, uh, just hold that need and believe that God uh, doesn't need to have your body in church in order to answer prayer. God is still a healer no matter where you are. God is still a healer no matter what your condition is. Uh, a virus is not insurmountable for God. And uh, just like any other condition uh, is something that he can conquer. Uh, we just want to join our hearts together in prayer now for uh, the needs among us and your personal need this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you with confidence this morning, trusting and believing that your word is always true. There is no variation. There's no shadow of turning. There's nothing, Lord, that can hinder you from fulfilling your will in our lives and also in the earth. And Lord, we live in perilous times, as the Bible says. We live in times, Lord, that are difficult at best, but Lord, not impossible, because we know you never would have left us here if there had not been a way for your people to overcome and Lord, to grow in faith that we might one day have our bodies changed. So today we commit the service into your hands. We commit every single need, every single person, every single family into your care, Lord. And we ask and pray in the name of Jesus that you would just minister strength and healing to those who need it. Lord, in my own household, starting there, and Lord, also in the households of your people. We ask now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bless this word to the hearts of your people. May we be strengthened, edified, and encouraged and we'll give you thanks in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. God bless you. If you have your Bible handy and you'd like to read, uh, we just want to start with this little phrase here in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19, where the Bible says, But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. I have learned to appreciate Mary's faith and her steadfastness uh, over this little study of mine, uh, looking at all the things that happened to her, uh, she had very few people that she could turn to. Uh, Joseph didn't really understand. There was not anybody else that Mary could turn to and get answers from. But she believed and trusted God. And the Bible says that she kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. So we want to talk a little bit this morning about this whole idea of pondering the unexplainable in your heart and uh, dealing with the path of your of the Word of God. Now. Um, I wanted to mention, uh, because we have been uh, a little bit slack here in getting some of these uh, birthdays mentioned, but 
we want to thank God for Brother Mike Pritchard, who celebrated his birthday last week. Brother Mike, we appreciate you very much. Uh, January 12th is Sister Jesse Cockman. January 13th is Lincoln Clayville's birthday. Lincoln, we appreciate you and all that you do behind the scenes. January 14th is Hans Florian and William Cross. Their birthday is on the 14th. And Sister Jackie Whitlock on the 15th. And may God bless you. Uh, I, I want to say I appreciate all the uh, concern and prayers that uh, have been sent to me over the last little while. I had a really nice note from Malawi and the brothers over there and the, and the believers were gathering together and uh, offering prayer. And uh, just wanted to share with you the note that uh, Brother Precious sent to me. He said, uh, this was yesterday, his brothers have been in prayer unceasingly, even this evening as they were leaving my house after prayer to keep lifting you into the hands of God for complete healing. They asked me just to find out from you as to how you're feeling now. They are looking forward to here tomorrow in their church and the people here love you and they keep mentioning your name before God. God bless you, uh, Brother Precious from Malawi. And I appreciate that very much. And I appreciate the, the many prayers that uh, have been sent heavenward uh, uh, and uh, all the concern that's been shown, the meals. Uh, it's just been really great for Sister Becky and I, and I appreciate that uh, all very much. And may God bless you. Now, um, I, I put up a, a, a screen here a couple of weeks ago where uh, I mentioned the, the phrase that, uh, you know, the world basically is walking uh, in a fog and without having any real direction and without having any definitive word about where this is all heading. Uh, it must be a scary situation for people that don't know the Lord and don't have a, a direction in life. And we are different. And I'm thankful for that. I mean, I'm very thankful for that, that we have a, a word that guides us in a Holy Spirit that's always present in our lives. Brother Bannon makes a uh, comment in the message, a guide, and this is in his prayer. He says, O Holy Ghost and guide, come down upon them. These are people who are newly dedicating their lives to God. They're at the altar, and Brother Bram's praying for them. He said, may they follow straight behind the word. And that's always a good piece of advice, to follow straight behind the word. They see the hours closing in. Fog is coming over the earth, not a natural fog. And great creeds and things are uniting together. Churches are coming together. And all of these things there that are they're threatening, it's not new to us. The great guide has showed us that in the path of the word. We're just passing through that part of it. I love this little statement, and this really stuck with me this week as uh, Brother Random is talking about the things that are coming over the earth. And of course, this is uh, in 1962, this is, you know, we're coming on. Uh, the threat of Russia and the nuclear, uh, you know, armament that was going on. And we're heading towards Cuba and the Bay of Pigs and all of the tensions that exist in the earth. And uh, people are uh, frantic over communism and the potential takeover. Uh, there's lots of threats being made. And people in, in a situation like that, out of desperation, they tend to pull together with whatever allies they can find. That's natural. And uh, here's Brother Branham saying that all of these things that are threatening, he said, it's not new to us. Jesus promised all of these things in Matthew 24 when he described about the conditions for the Gentiles in the next 2,000 years. And so this is nothing new, Brother Branham saying. It's not new to us. We just happen to be passing through that part of it now. And <clears throat> God has showed us in the path that he has chosen for the bride, 
there are specific promises for us that will help us as we pass uh, through the part of the word that we find ourselves living in. And this is really important this morning as we develop this, this idea that God knows exactly what's coming. So he has actually designed a part of the word, and he refers to it here as a path that God has defined for his people to help us get through this foggy time or this time of difficulty, or like David said, the time of trouble. There's been many times of trouble, and there will be an increasing amount of trouble. But be confident of this one thing, that God has a path through it. That's what you need to be sure of. And it is important for you to know that all of this has been prophesied. All of this has been uh, spoken about before. God has already got a remedy for us. We're just passing through that part of it. Hold on. Stay behind the word. May they follow straight behind the word. And it does not matter what's going on in the world. It does not hinder God's people. And it's not going to alter God's uh, God's plan for his bride. Things are going to happen exactly the way that God has it. But you are passing through that part of the trouble the world is in. And, and that's where we find ourselves today. We're, we, we're surrounded by trouble. We are experiencing a certain amount of that trouble. But you know what? We're just passing through it. It's not going to stop us. It's not going to hold us back. It's not going to hinder anyone from making it. We're going to get there. Just stay behind the word. And that's the, the admonition that I want to give you this morning. But I want to I want to deal specifically with that this morning. Now, I appreciate the amens that are coming through here today. Uh, and... Uh, uh, you got to get your amen button back out there on your phone and, and send an amen because I can't see anybody. Uh, I, I really appreciate the amens that are uh, being sent. Now, uh, here's something that, uh, and I just want to drop this in. I don't want to spend time on it this morning, but I want to drop this in that uh, there are some very interesting things that are taking place in the, uh, in the former Soviet Union in Russia. And uh, Brother Branham, of any other nation on earth, he warns us to keep our eye on Russia. And there are certain things that have been fulfilled already in relation to this. But now you have troops assembling on the border between Ukraine and Russia. You also have an uprising in Afghanistan, or sorry, in Kazakhstan. And I was in Kazakhstan and uh, in Ukraine just recently. Um, and if you look at this little map here, this is a, a photograph of the area. And uh, it doesn't give all of the buildup, but the uh, red dots on here are uh, the amount of troops that have amassed in these areas. And they are uh, put there as a threat. They are put in there as saber rattling on, on the part of the Russian government, on Mr. Putin's part, uh, in order to uh, destabilize the situation in that area and to, uh, for him essentially to be able to pull, uh, to pull the Russian uh, nations or the Russian superpower back into position as it was before the breakup of the Soviet Union. And uh, what you're looking at in, in Ukraine is not the whole story. It's a brushstroke in the picture. And if you look to the right of that image is where Kazakhstan is. And what you're seeing there now is uh, a greater level of uh, government intervention in the daily life of the people. Uh, the people are, are rejecting that. They are, you know, uh, protesting in the streets and so forth. They burned down City Hall uh, the other day. The Russian government is moving in there uh, in order to uh, quell any kind of uh, uprising at all. And it is the Russian superpower moving back into position again in a position of strength. 
Let me tell you, there are other smaller nations like uh, Lithuania and Latvia and Estonia who are very concerned today that Russia is going to reach back and claim all of those Russian-speaking countries under its power. And uh, we have more military and financial and energy power back under the Russian flag. So Ukraine is a very important nation when it comes to uh, energy. Uh, Kazakhstan also is a very important nation because of its oil reserves. And the American government has been uh, friendlier with Kazakhstan over the last number of years. Russia does not want to lose that. And when they have a stronghold over natural resources like oil and gas, uh, which is very big for the Russian economy, then you have, uh, you know, uh, uh, a tension that exists in the world. So you're looking at a very interesting uh, power play that's going on, and it's, it is something to watch here. Um, it is part of that trouble that exists in the world, part of the stress that exists in the world today. Uh, it's just one of the areas, but it's certainly uh, something to keep your eye on as it develops uh, in, in the future here. Now, I showed you this image with a different scripture uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. And I wanted to highlight this portion of the scripture here because it illustrates uh, what Mary actually did. Now, it says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them, the shepherds, into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they were, they were not included in anything that was going on prior to the birth of Jesus. But now all of a sudden, they're, uh, they're full of the information that God has passed on to them. And, and they want to share it. And that's the natural response of anybody who's got a real revelation of what God's doing. They want to share it. And in verse 16, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. So they, they know now, they heard it from God, they saw it in the heavens, and now they're looking at it with their own eyes. They're convinced that this is some supernatural phenomenon that's taken place. And could this be the very Messiah? Uh, they're, they're excited. And in verse 18, and all they which heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. 19 says that Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, Brother Branham uh, refers to this, um, this, this instant, instance here where Mary looks at all of these things and she's pondering them in her heart. The word ponder means to treasure in a positive way. And, and the word ponder is a very interesting word because it means in a negative or a tense way that somebody would consider something. But it also means that Mary realizes there's something very special that's going on. And so she hides uh, she hides these events. She hides her understanding of these events in her heart. Because you know what? The safest place you can hide something is in your heart, not your head, and not in a box on your shelf, the, not, not in gossip and telling everybody else. The safest place that you can keep something is to hide it in your heart. You remember in Psalm 19, David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It is the safest place that a believer can hold something is in your heart. And Mary kept all of these things and pondered them. And it means that what she was actually hearing, even if she never understood it completely, she treasured it and she wanted to protect these, these events, these words. God is speaking to her. Other people now are becoming aware of what's going on. Uh, she's experiencing all of this herself in the birth of Jesus. It's not happening the way that normally things would happen. Uh, she's not in her home in Nazareth. She's in Bethlehem. All of these scriptures are being fulfilled. 
She's got it all unfolding in front of her now. And the way that she responds to this, she doesn't doubt it. She doesn't shake her fist at God and say, what's going on? Lord, you got to tell me. It's just simply this, that she takes these things and ponders them in her heart and holds all these things right there. Now, let me tell you something. <clears throat> there is always a battle over what you give your life to. There's always a battle over the fulfillment of God's word. There's always a battle over where the Holy Spirit is trying to place you and he's trying to lead you. There's always a battle over that. Whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're Mary, whether you're Joseph, whether you're the wise men, it doesn't matter. There's always a struggle over what God's trying to do among his people. There's an enemy. And the enemy is there to counter uh, God's will and God's performance of his word. So you, you need to understand that in a day we're living in where there's all kinds of things being fulfilled and all kinds of things are happening, whether they're in Russia, whether it's a virus, whether it's in the church, whether it's in your family, it really doesn't matter. The best thing you can do is not to rail against God, not to walk away and quit, not to fold your Bible up and say, hey, I'm out, I can't handle this anymore. You're better off doing what Mary did, and that is keep all of these things close in your heart and ponder them. And just let God bring his will to pass and give you an understanding in the season that God chooses to reveal it. That's what's really important. Now, let's look at what Brother Branham said just very quickly here, because I, I want to just make sure you understand the importance of this word ponder. He said what Mary thought altogether, no matter what the outside thought. So it doesn't matter now what the outside people thought. There was people who never believed that Mary experienced a virgin birth. Never in, in all of her lifetime. There was people who questioned uh, Joseph. There was all kinds of things that were going on among the religious people. But altogether, she pondered all these things. They hid it in their heart. And they knew they couldn't say nothing against it. This is talking about believers now. They know they can't say anything against it because God speaks to his men sometimes and says, hold your peace, don't say nothing about it. God does that. God does things we don't understand. Your job is to hold on to it and just not to speak against it, not to speak against how God is doing things or when God is doing things, but hold your peace. You may not be married this morning. You may not uh, have your plans fulfilled the way you expected. Don't speak against it. Just hold your peace. Brother Branham said, I've had people in my meetings say, well, if you be a servant of Christ, you know this is going on there. Brother Branham said, sure, I know what's going on. But then what you're doing is, is going to do when he says, but then what are you going to do when he says, hold your peace, don't say anything about it. Brother Branham experienced this, I think, many times, that God had showed him things. He showed him what was going to happen, but told him, don't say anything about it. Just letting you know that this is what's going to be happening in the background. All kinds of people will jump to all kinds of conclusions. Doesn't mean that they're right. If you have a blog or a website, if you have a, a voice on the internet, doesn't mean that you're right. God has a, a plan. God is not surprised at the moment. God is not overwhelmed by the difficulties we face. God is not upset because you're upset. He has a plan. Hold your peace. Hold it in your heart. Don't say nothing about it. Just keep moving on. Now, let's look a little bit further here. We find this word uh, in some other examples here. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus says, What king am going to war against another king sitteth not down first and ponders or consults whether he be able with 10,000 to meet that come, him that comes against him with 20,000. 
that's a real good reason to sit down and consult or ponder uh, the outcome here. Is this worth going to war? Am I willing to lose everything? And so this is a struggle because this king doesn't really know how, what the outcome is going to be. He's got to think about this. If you're going to build a house, if you're going to buy a house, if you're going to make an investment, you have to know, all right, can I, can I afford this? In Acts chapter 4, verse 15, there's a little passage there. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, and this is the disciples, they conferred among themselves, the Pharisees. They pondered this and they said, what should we do with these guys? For, you know what, something's happening that we can't explain. Uh, if we come down hard against them, are we going to face a backlash here? If we let them go, then you know what their teaching and their practices are going to flourish. We really don't want, don't know what to do. So they're pondering this and, and they're looking at this. So this is in a sense, the negative part here. This is not Mary, but this is a, just a, an explanation of the definition of the word here that they, they consult, they confer, they ponder on this. And a wise person is going to certainly consider about any decisions that they make. But let's go back here now. In We Have Seen His Star, Brother Branham says, Joseph being a just man, he pondered on the things, the things that were happening to Mary. It was so unusual, he could hardly comprehend that. How could these things be? But he no doubt sat down, prayed over it, studied it in the scripture. And while he was studying, that's important, hang on to that. While he was studying, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, Brother Branham diverts here and he says, he wasn't a prophet, and there wasn't a prophet in the earth in those days, so the Lord took the secondary way. He gave him a dream. And, and there was men who weren't born to be seers, but they were good men, and God did visit them in their subconscious and reveal himself. If you'll just yield yourself to God, God has got many ways that he can reveal himself to you. Amen. If you will yield yourself to God, and that means that you're not going to speak against what's going on, you're not going to question God, you're not going to quit on God, you're just going to say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. I'm just going to hide this in my heart. I'm just going to ponder on it. I'm just going to let you fulfill your word. It seems like you're doing something I don't fully understand, but I'm going to believe you and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to wait on you if you'll just yield yourself to God. Now notice when this happens. This happens when Joseph begins to sit down and Brother Branham says he sat down, prayed over it, studied it in the scripture, and while he was studying, God appeared to him. When you have that atmosphere created about yourself and, uh, you know, you get your mind on God, you, you're starting to think about it, look it up in the scripture. Where can this be found? What is it that I'm seeing unfold here? You might not be a prophet, he says. You might not be a teacher, a Sunday school teacher. You might not be a preacher, but there's all, there's ways that God can reveal himself to you if you'll just submit yourself like Joseph did. Joseph did not, he did not attempt to interpret this. He did not attempt to go ahead of God. He simply sat there, studied it, prayed over it, looked at it, pondered it in his heart, and then God came to him. Now, I believe that God has remedies in the scripture. I believe that God has promises in the scripture. We believe that. They're all throughout the Bible. But sometimes there are things that come to us when we strengthen ourselves in the Lord, when we ponder over things, when we pray over them. I believe God's got some great remedies when we create that atmosphere within ourselves. And this is not Joseph in church. This is not Joseph in a crowd. 
This is Joseph himself. This is something that Joseph is doing because he has a struggle inwardly over what's going on. And this is important for Joseph to be able to uh, try to come to some conclusion here, at least to try to understand or sort out what's happening. Hey, welcome to our world. We're in a time where we're trying to understand and figure out everything that's going on. There's lots of struggles. There's lots of, of good people who have died. We have, I have personal friends who I believe are in heaven today because this virus came through. Yes, it was their time. Uh, why it happened to them, I don't have answers for all the things that have happened. And there will come things in your life and the lives of people around you and people you love and people you prayed for that you do not have answers for. There are times when things will happen to people that I will not have answers for. There are things that are going to happen uh, that we we just really have to commit to God, and your faith is going to have to be stronger than your ability to reason. And we're moving into that cycle, and this is what I want to talk to you about this morning specifically. Now, uh, <clears throat> again, uh, here's Brother Branham using the phrase, let me keep going. Adam could only come back to God through the shed blood. God made a way. Today, we still use self-sufficiency. So men are trying to find their own way like it was in the days of Noah. Noah can build a boat. I can build a boat. If Adam did this, we, if Adam offered, or Cain, if Abel offered blood, then Abel says, I can use fruit. Brother Bram said, we're still using self-sufficiency to try to make our way back to God. We use all the different ideas and vain philosophies of men, and it's absolutely of naught. Jesus said, men worship me, teaching for doctrine their traditions of men, they worship in vain. You could worship the Lord and still not be worshiping in the right way. It would not be reckoned to you for reconciliation. Quite a statement. You can be thinking that you're reconciled to God because you're offering certain sacrifices, and it would not be reckoned to you for reconciliation. I don't want to do that. I certainly don't want to do that. I want to offer what God requires. I want to offer what pleases God. Now, Brother Branham says, now tabernacle, now the folks I'm speaking to, I want you to think on this. Just let it not pass by and say, oh, well, Brother Bill said so. Take it in your heart, ponder over it. Why do we have our ups and downs? Why does things go the way they're going? Is because first we got to get back to the foundation. Wow. It's almost like he's looking into our day. He says, don't just take this as a, you know, a word, well, you know, Brother Barry said so. Take it in your heart, ponder over it. It doesn't hurt to ponder. It's not, a, it's not an action of unbelief to ponder something. Why do we have our ups and downs? Why are things going squirrely? Why are things going upside down the way they are? Why do some people get sick and some people do not? There's all kinds of questions, and there always will be questions, and there will be even more questions as we move into the darkness that covers the earth. It's because, Brother Ram said, we have to go back to the foundation. Well, what's the foundation? Foundation has never changed. Foundation is always true. It's always the Word of God. That's what we base everything on. That's our absolute. So, Brother Ram says, <clears throat> people will, they will try to be self-sufficient in their own way. They'll try to come up with their own remedies. They will try to reckon themselves justified uh, in their own way. And they'll usually take the path of least resistance. He said it's absolutely for naught. <clears throat> now, 
let's look in, in if you don't mind in in this bible here in luke chapter 8 i mentioned to you that there's always opposition to god's word and jesus illustrates this and there's many many lessons in these particular parables but in luke chapter 8 you'll find it in matthew 13 several other places there his disciples asked him what might this parable be the sower in the field and he said unto them Unto you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And I think that's wonderful. That God chose certain people to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And to others, they get it in parables. That seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Because they're left to their interpretation. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So if the seed is the word of God, then that's what Satan's going to attack. <clears throat> that's what he's going to either try to pervert its growth or he's going to sow something else in there and cause that to grow now hold on now those by the wayside are those that hear then come at the devil and take it away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved so he undermines the word of god and causes them to uh li listen to other things and they're not believing the word of god and being saved they on the rock are they which when they hear they receive the word with joy these have no root which for a while believe and in time of temptation they fall away and that which fell among thorns are they which they have heard go forth uh, when they have heard they go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection so they experience trials and these trials are overwhelming they're overwhelming to where they choke out this person with cares, with riches, with burdens, uh, with trouble in their life. And the power to endure is not there. But that on the good ground are they which are in an honest and good heart, hearing the word of God, they bring forth the, the word with patience. <clears throat> now, let me tell you something that I, I find that uh, when you have, in verse 14, that which falls among thorns, they are really lacking a gardener. The husbandman, who is one who keeps the weeds away and one who uh, looks after the growth of that plant. Let me tell you something. It's a really important thing for you to make sure you know where the gardener is, that you're in the right place where the gardener can reach you. And the devil is there to take away whatever you've got, or he's going to plant something else because he's going to do whatever he can to try to either choke out what you have try to misinterpret what you have, try to discourage you with different things, different events, different people, uh, different circumstances that you face. He's going to try to discourage you in whatever way he possibly can. But remember, there is a there is a right seed and, and some of that seed falls in good ground. And I want to be good ground. That's a good heart. Now, uh, follow me here. Brother Branham says, now, the Bible said in Philippians that if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. And I want to ask you a question. What good does it do us to come to church and sit in the meetings and ponder and maybe discouraged because we didn't get a prayer card or maybe be discouraged because of some ill thing a neighbor did or discouraged about a little matter, one little matter or the other? He said that keeps Christ away from you. It's when you're thinking on him. Now, notice what he's saying here. There are times when you can be doing the right thing. In other words, you come to church, you sit in the meeting. But 
all of a sudden you are giving power to the seed that the enemy is trying to sow in your mind. He's trying to sow discouragement. He's trying to sow maybe gossip in here, some ill will from your neighbor. Or maybe someone in the church has said something about you or your family, whatever else. Receiving the word ensures an outcome. But remember, you're going to have to yield to something. And Brother Branham says, when you yield to the wrong thing, it keeps Christ away from you. And if Satan can't steal that word out of your heart, he's going to plant his own seed because he's, he wants something to grow in there that's contrary to God's will and, and God's, God's plan for you. If I asked you this question this morning, does God word, God's word have all, all the power? Yes, it absolutely does. We believe God's word is all powerful. Satan's word only has impact in me according to the measure of how much I agree with it. Satan's word does not have all power, but it has an impact on me to the extent of how much or to the measure of how much I agree with it, because we empower the seed that we water. If you water something that Satan will sow in there, it'll grow stronger. And Brother Branham's asking this question now. He says, if there's any praise, <clears throat> think on these things. But I want to ask you a question. He says, what happens when you're when you're doing the right things, but Satan is there trying to sow another seed and you're 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 pondering on that? He said, that'll keep Christ away from you. My goodness, this is not a day for us to keep Christ away from us because of our thought life and because of what you're pondering. You need to make sure that you're not questioning uh, the, the right thing, because when you question the right thing, you will deny your roots from going deeper. Deep roots make a strong plant. Deep roots get all the moisture. So you don't want to be questioning a promise that God has made because it's going to undermine the, the process of growing deep roots. You don't want to empower the wrong thing by watering it, by keeping it in your mind. Watch what he goes on and says. He says, that's when the disciples, after the resurrection, were going down the road to Emmaus as they were speaking about him. That's when he appeared to them. We got our minds on too many things of the world, and if we would throw those things off uh, off our mind and think about him and his soon coming, there'd be more revelations and more power in the church. But we keep thinking about things. What am I going to do tomorrow? What will I do next week? Will I get married? Will I hold my job? Will I ever get well? All of these things are in the hands of God. Think on Christ. Say that with me. All things, all these things are in the hands of God. Think on Christ. What's your job? Your job is not to come up with answers for everything. Your job is not to defeat the devil. Jesus already did that on Calvary. Your job is not to heal yourself or anybody else. Your job is to ponder all these things in your heart and keep them there, hide them there. You're, you, I mean, it's easy. Listen, I know what I'm saying. I know how, how hard this is for you not to be thinking about what's going on in the world. We have sick people. You're looking across the room at sick people in your house. I know that. We're, we're, we're facing a, a you know a new um, juggling of superpowers in the world and China and Russia and all the other things that are going on. You're looking at the headlines. You know, we're, we're constantly bombarded with headlines and your phone has probably got a feed of one kind or another that's throwing up news headlines as soon as they happen. The, the moment they happen, someone's died, someone's attacked somebody else and it's, a, it's on your phone and, and it's there. We have uh, these notices that are there. 
you have personal issues that are going on. Brother Branham says, here's this person sitting in church and they're thinking about things. It, listen, I know what I'm saying. This is not an easy thing to overcome. But he says, we have our mind on so many things. And he says, if we would throw these things off our mind and think about him and his soon coming, there would be a different response of God in the church. He says there'd be more revelations, more power in the church. So yes, those are things that are happening in the world. Yes, there are problems you're facing. Yes, there are disappointments you've, in, you've encountered. We don't want to ponder on those things. We don't want to hide those things in our heart. We want to hide the word of God. Take a promise. We want to hide something specific about you that God has told you. Hide that in your heart and think on that. Ponder on that. It's easy to think about, well, what am I going to do tomorrow? And what will I do next week? And will I hold my job? Will we have service in church on Wednesday? Uh, you know, what's going to happen here? Uh, all of the other things that are going on. All the many things that are going on in the world. He says, all those things are in the hands of God. Hey, let me advise, let me encourage you this morning. Take whatever it is that you have heavy on your heart, heavy on your mind, and just say this. All these things are in the hands of God. Take your take your most most intimate prayer requests and just you you can lay them at the, the feet of the cross and say, All these things are in the hands of God. You say, My future, all those things are in the hands of God. My past, all those things are in the hands of God. Think on Christ. Your job now in the upcoming year is to take the things of Christ, hide them in your heart, and just watch what God does with them. Ponder them, study them, pray over them. You know, I think of Sister Mary Smith, and I know they're listening this morning, and she's got loved ones who are on ventilators in the hospital. And, you know, the doctors, they're not giving very encouraging news. I mean, these people are very serious in terms of their health. We can think about that and worry about that. And I think as a mother, you know, that's a very difficult thing to say, well, don't worry. That, that It's a very difficult thing to say to somebody. But we, we, we need to pray for them. We need to lift them up before God. But you know what? They're in the hands of God. They're in the hands of God because you by faith put them in the hands of God. And you've got to be proactive in not letting the wrong seed germinate and grow and be watered by your agreement in your heart. Take those things that are promises in, of, of God, things that are sure, things that are virtuous, things that are pure, things that are right, things that are holy, Put them in your heart. Ponder them. Let's go a little further. Here's Mary again. When they go to the temple to have Jesus dedicated, they run into Simeon and Hannah. You know the story. And they're prophesying. They're saying, uh, you know, the, Jesus is going to be lighten the Gentiles, the glory of, the people, of thy people Israel, and so on. <clears throat> Joseph and his mother marvel at these things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Watch, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. The sign of this Messiah and what he does will actually be spoken against by the ones that Jesus came to. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Yea, a sword shall pierce thy, through thy own soul also. That Mary, in being in the will of God and doing exactly what God wanted you to do, there are still going to be difficulties in your heart and in your life. Yet the thoughts of many shall be revealed. My goodness. This is, uh, this is just an incredible thing. 
we go on in the same chapter, and he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? This is Jesus now, is 12 years old. Wished ye not that I was about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. That word kept there in the Greek, it means careful. These are things that she <laughs> she carefully logged them in her heart. She was very careful with what Jesus said. She didn't dismiss them. She didn't argue against them. She didn't try to interpret them or understand them. They saw Jesus doing things they did not understand. So she carefully put them in a special place. She kept them in her heart. You will find the safest place to keep anything is in your heart. The things you dwell on are things basically that are in your heart. Don't put the wrong things in your heart and and meditate on them to the place where they'll grow into negative issues in your life. That's why Solomon said, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. The best thing Mary could have done is just to keep these things in her heart. Now, <clears throat> let me give you an example. I want, I, want to, I want to divert for a minute here, and we're going to go back to our familiar story of Ziklag and David and his men. Now, I'm only doing this because I want to show you a little principle, then we're going to jump right to the New Testament here again. Now, watch this. You know the story. David and his men, they're in the will of God. I mean, they're not, they're not doing anything contrary to the will of God. And they're off fighting, and they come back, and it says that David and his men came to Ziklag, and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters were, were taken captive. And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and they wept until they had no more power to weep. They had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam and the Jezreelites and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Now, I, I need you to understand, here's David in the will of God, but he's got trouble. He's got, he's got conflict in his life. He's got a situation that he hasn't, doesn't have an answer for. Uh, he's, he's, you, you got you to gotta think about this. He's doing what's right, and there's bad things happening. Just because you're in the will of God doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy or smooth. And just, just it, it doesn't mean that everything's going to happen in a way that you understand. David's in the will of God. He's got promises that he knows he can use because he's an Israelite, and he's anointed by a prophet to be the next king. And he's in this interim, he's in this delay between a promise of a, uh, you know, a coming reign, and he's got conflict. And now he's got to deal with that. Because when you have promise and conflict, and you're praying for something that doesn't come to pass, uh, and, and look, we all know what it's like to live in a, in a world where there's promises and conflict. At the same time, we're living in a world that's full of, we, we got a Bible full of promises, but we have conflict and we have loss of life and we have disappointments that, that happen. We have sicknesses like we've never seen before. And I need you to understand that David, he, he, he responds correctly. And this is what I want to encourage you to do. He responds correctly. Look at, look at the verses here. They weep till there's no more power to weep. This is true conflict. And David was greatly distressed. I love it in my, I have my Hebrew Bible right here, my uh, Jewish study Bible. And it says that, uh, this verse six says, and David was in a lot of trouble. 
For the people spoke of stoning him because uh, the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, I wrote that word in there, hinge, because this is where the story changes. This is where the, the scene changes is when David encourages himself in the Lord. He has no word at this point. He has no, uh, no sign from God. But he decides in this hour of conflict to encourage himself. He doesn't have anybody around him encouraging him. Matter of fact, he's got people around him who are wishing he was dead. He's got people around him who are looking for good-sized stones. But he encourages himself in the Lord his God. From this point on, the story changes. And I'm telling you this this morning, and I want you to hold this thought in your, in your heart. That God has promises for us, but sometimes he has something better after we encourage ourselves in the Lord. Sometimes he has, he has greater things for us after we ponder and look these things up in the scripture and where we have the right attitude towards God. David's not saying, Lord, why did you send me out here? Why did you take our women and children when we're off winning battles for you? Lord, why do these people hate me? You know, you gave me these people and now they want to kill me. He's not doing that. He somehow gets, gets himself alone there and he begins to encourage himself in the Lord. Now watch what happens. David says to Abiathar, the priest, Abimelech's son, I pray they bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar thither the ephod, uh, brought the, thither the ephod to David. So now he's going through the right steps here. He's going through the right process and appealing to God. He's not a priest, but he goes to the priest and he's, he's doing the, the right things here. And it says, now he inquires at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? Now, hold on. <clears throat> I mean, shouldn't, Shouldn't David just go? Because number one, his his wife and, and children, they're all Israelites. Everybody else who's been captured is an Israelite. And why doesn't he go after them just because they're Israelites? Why doesn't he just, all right, guys, come on, let's go pick up the swords and off they go. Mount your camels. Here we go. He doesn't do that. He He's stopping. He's stopping at this really important point here. And he's... <laughs> he's doing this thing where where it stands still and see the salvation of God. And he needs to know in particular, he needs to know specifically, is it your will now for me to go? Is it your will for me to take off right now and do this? Because I don't want to make this situation worse. Yes, I've got promises, but Lord, in order to take the next step, and sometimes I know some of you are in a position where you, you're being you're be, you're in a situation where you got to make a step, and your next step really is going to count. You need to know in particular, not and listen. I believe in the promises of God. You better believe I I believe in the promises of God. But David wanted to know in particular. Is it time for me to pursue right now? Should I go right now? I want to know about this moment right now. Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? Are we going to win? If I go after them, are we going to win? I don't want to lose more life. I don't want to make this situation worse. God answers and says, pursue, go. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, you will recover all. You will, you will win. You will recover everything. You'll even recover more. Because when God wins the battle for you, it's usually better than when you began. Now notice what David's doing. David's an Israelite. <clears throat> David is the same person who wrote this. 
Psalm 121, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He, hath, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sword shall not smite thee. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Hello? The same David who wrote that prayed and asked God this, shall I pursue? Because he's wanting to know in particular, is this exactly what you want me to do right now? Yes, I have a promise on the left-hand side of the screen. Yes, God says he's going to watch over us and he will preserve us from all evil and so forth. But now, Lord, I have a promise and I have a conflict. Don't, listen, don't think it's strange that you have promises as the bride of Christ and conflict at the same time. This is not unusual to you. Don't think, you're, well, God's forsaken me. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't love me anymore. A believer often will be juggling two balls in, in at the same time, conflict and promise. And I don't want you to be discouraged at that. I want you to do what David did. Number one, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Number two, he asked God specifically, Lord, show me your will right now. In this situation, in, on this day, I need to know what where my next step should be. I need to know what my next word will be. I need to know what my next job will be. Shall I pursue? I need to know, is, is this a church for me? I need to know, is this the boy for me? Is this the girl for me? I need to know uh, your will here specifically. And... In a, in a very purposeful way, I need to know, is this exactly what you want for me to do right now? It's okay to pray that way, holding on to the promise of Psalm 121. I hope you're understanding the point. If you're understanding the point, please text me an amen there and let me know you're, you're following along. Now let's look at something else here. Let's go to the New Testament here. In Acts chapter 16, the Bible says, as they went through the cities, they delivered, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained to the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. Paul now and the disciples are going out and they're preaching and they're, they're doing things that uh, were ordained of the uh, apostles and so forth. And verse 5, so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Wow. <clears throat> so there's a blessing in what they're doing. Uh, the churches are growing. People are growing in faith. Uh, there's there's activity. There's lots of activity that's taking place here. And, and this is a positive thing that's going on. So now watch verse 6. And when they had gone through uh, Pergia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were, after they were come to uh, Mysia, and they essayed or they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysia come down to Troas. Hold on a second. Didn't, didn't Jesus say go into all the world? And everything that Paul is doing is being blessed. There's people being established in the faith. There's increase in numbers. There are churches that are going up here. Uh, my goodness, they're, they're getting the message out. They are being used of God. And they're saying, hey, let's go to Asia. I mean, big population. Uh, Asia really needs the message. They need to have good preachers over there. Let's go. And so they round the corner in Galatia. Off they go. And, and they're on their way to Asia because, I mean, that's that's their plan. I mean, that's what they figured out. And the Holy Spirit says, uh, no, not going to do it. 
And they're standing there saying, well, hold on now. Um, you're forbidding us to go. And, and you, the Spirit suffers them not. He says, I want you to go to another place. What? But I mean, it makes sense to us to go there. The Holy Spirit says, no, I don't, I don't want you to go there. I want you to go here. Now, if if you look here on the map, Galatia is over on the right-hand side, Asia is to the right. So we're talking about going to the east, okay? And the the revival has taken place in this region of Galatia. Uh, and uh, I wish I was brave enough. I'd take my pencil and mark all that for you. But they're going to head to the right of your screen. They're going to go to Asia, okay? This is this is the plan. And we've got to figure it out. The Holy Spirit says, no. Watch what happens. A vision appeared, same chapter, appeared to Paul in the night. This is what he doesn't know. This is what God knows, but this is what no one knows but, but God. This is what Paul does not know. There stood a man of Macedonia, and he prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Not in Asia. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to so so forth. And uh, here's Paul now on, on the journey. So if if you look at where Paul is uh, in the area of Galatia, which is on the top of the screen in the green right there, they're heading they're heading to the right. They're heading to the east and uh, heading towards Asia, Asia and the big population. God says, no, I want you to go left. You follow the arrows over here and uh, you, you find... Paul moving to the West. What, what does he not know? He doesn't know what God knows. God's got a plan. God's got believers out there waiting for the message. There's somebody in Macedonia that needs to hear. Paul doesn't know that. He's got a promise, but he's, now he's got a conflict because he, he's, he's feeling one thing. God's feeling something else. But you know what a believer does? He always agrees with God. And he turns, he heads the ship West instead of East. And great revival breaks out. Brother Branham makes this statement. He says, All, uh, hold on, I'm not going to be much longer. Hold on. <clears throat> Brother Neville does this interesting thing where he reads out of the full gospel businessman's voice in this service, 1961. And he's reading what Brother Branham wrote about being translated beyond the curtain of time. Okay, Brother Branham wrote this, and Brother Neville is reading it out in church on tape. You can listen to it. The other morning, I was lying on my bed, and I woke from sleep, and I placed my hands behind my bed and relaxed with my head on the pillow, and I began to wonder what it will be like on the other side. He's pondering that. I realize that I have lived more than half my life, if I live to be as old as my people, Indians, and I wanted to do more for the Lord before I left this life, and I heard a voice saying, you're just starting. Press the battle. Keep pressing. And as I lay there pondering these words, I thought I just imagined I heard a voice. Again, the voice said, press the battle. Keep going. Keep going. Still unbelieving. This is Brother Bram talking about himself. I thought that possibly I'd spoken the words to myself and I placed my lips between my teeth and held my hand over my mouth and listened. And the voice said again, keep pressing. If you only knew what was at the end of the road. So here's Brother Branham pondering on this whole thought of God's will for his life and thinking about being over on the other side and getting older. And he's 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 hearing this voice, and this voice is saying, 
I want you to press the battle. I got, I got a, I got a place for you to go. I got things for you to do. I have mysteries for you to preach. I have secrets the world has never heard about. I've got a message under the rock that the bride needs to hear. I have rapturing faith in seed form that you need to release into the earth. I have things for you to do specifically. I want you to press on. You may be thinking of something else. You may be thinking, well, I need to go and do more miracles or I need to go and discern more hearts. God has got something different for Brother Branham to do than what Brother Branham's thinking about, but he's pondering on this whole plan. He's pondering on, could this be true? Could this be God? And he's and he's looking, he's not disbelieving, but here in that moment of pondering, he's just He's just open here and keeps his heart open here because there's a lot of things he doesn't understand. First pull, second pull, and now we're moving. This is 1961. He's moving, not yet very clearly, but he's moving into a phase of ministry that he, he, he wouldn't even be able to describe at this point. But he's just letting God lead him. He's letting God embed those words in his heart. And he's pondering on this. And he, he doesn't want to interfere. He's got his hand over his mouth. That's somebody who doesn't want to interfere. And the voice is speaking very clearly. Keep pressing on. If you only knew what was at the end of the road, just keep going. I've got something great. And there's a bride at the end of the road. And there's a, a great victory at the end of the road. Just press on, little bride, press on. And that's what he's, that's what he's uh, encouraging Brother Branham to do. Now, all right, <clears throat> Brother Barry, wrap it up. Make it relevant. Listen to what Brother Branham tells us to do in 1965. And to be his subjects, we must, we must walk close to the author to understand. For it, capital I, for it to reveal, O Lord, what will thou have me to do? If I must go to the fields and preach the gospel, or if I must stay at home, no matter what, if I must be a good housewife, good mother, this or that, whatever it is, Lord, what would you have me to do? You notice what Brother Bram's not praying, Lord, what would you have the bride to do? He's not praying, what would you have the church to do? He's saying, what would you want me to do? And this applies to you, no matter if you might be a nurse, you might be a truck driver, you might be a preacher, you might be an accountant. God's got a specific thing for you to do now. How do you find that out? You walk close to the author. Go back to the first word. If you're going to take a sentence and put it down and make it your goal for this year, don't worry about losing 20 pounds. You'll gain that back. But if you're going to be his subject, we must walk close to the author to understand, to be, to have the revelation. Oh Lord, what will I have me to do? Here's David with a whole raft of promises that he wrote. But he's saying there in Ziklag, Lord, shall we pursue? Shall we go after the, the enemy here? And here's Brother Branham asking the question. In 1965, if you're going to be his subject, you must walk close to the author to understand what's going on. You've got to understand God's will for your life. Next paragraph, Saul cried out, Lord, what would you have me to do as Saul of Tarsus? He put all the church into prison. He, you know, he's he's got a stack of offenses against the kingdom of God. And, and he cries out, 
what would you have me to do? When the light turned on as a big pillar of fire hanging above him, think, that's a good word to close on. Lord, what would you have me to do? When I see the scripture so perfectly revealed now, what would you have me to do? Wow. Here's Saul. He's He's got the promise of salvation. He's got the promise that he'll never, never leave you nor forsake you and all of that. He's got the same promises we have, but he's asking God now, what would you have me to do? What's, what's the first step? What's the next step? Two things are needful. This is, this is what I've written down for myself. I want to share these with you. These are the two things I talked about at the beginning of the sermon. I'm going to close in a minute here, but I want you to just take note of these two things. And I trust that might inspire you in some way as well uh, to think about what's needful in your life. Number one, you need to come under his leadership personally is what we've been talking about. Brother Random says in 1958, God takes the heart. He takes control. God has to come in to be the ruler. We unite under the heads of different denominations uh, in churches. God wants us united under his head and God wants us to unite us under his leadership of where? Our heart. Our heart. And Mary pondered all these things in her heart. And God wants to meet you under his leadership in your heart to take control and guide you. One of the things needful <clears throat> is to come under his leadership personally. You know why? Because it's foggy. You know why? Because it's getting darker out there. You know why? Because sometimes our choices don't always work out. Sometimes what we think should have worked doesn't. And if you water that seed of disappointment, it'll grow pretty big. You need to make sure the right seed's in their heart. Water it. And let God unite with you in your heart. Under his leadership. That's the first thing. The second thing, you're not going to be expecting. The second thing, I think that we need to demonstrate is the expression of divine love. Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. That ye also will love one another. And by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. We need to practice divine love. Now, when you think about divine love, all of a sudden, you know, you might think of Hallmark movies or you might think of someone getting emotional. Look at the Bible. Look at what it says, that you love one another as I have loved you. It seems to me that Jesus wept at the right time. He turned over the tables of the money changers at the right time. He had compassion at the right time. He had discipline at the right time. He had an answer from God at the right time. He suffered at the right time and didn't complain. He was railed against and didn't rail back. Jesus tells us, love one another as I have loved you. When you have a real real quality of love and a character of love as Christ did in your life. Other people will pick that up. Other people will know that. We're not a people who live in denial. We're not a people who live uh, in, in some cult or some, some wishy-washy idea here. We are people who face the life we have been planted in as realistically as Jesus did. And have a determination that the kingdom of God lays just ahead. 
and I love you and I love my neighbor and I'm going to do everything I can to help you. But you know what? I love God first. Jesus said, I do nothing but what the Father shows me. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. I think probably one of the greatest challenges that we have in this world is to reflect the character and the love of Christ wherever and wherever, under whatever circumstance you face. Not in compromise, but in confrontation. There are times when you're involved in a confrontation. That's the time that it's more challenging to show the love of Christ. We don't want to let our emotions rule. We don't want to let our emotions lead. But rather, we want to let his voice be our guide. And when we allow our feelings to guide us, feelings maybe of jealousy, feelings of envy, feelings of lust for the forbidden, when we allow our feelings of hurt feelings guide us, you're going to miss the mark. Because those are seeds that Satan will sow in your heart. And if you give in to that, if you ponder on that and water that, they're going to grow. If you feel like that you're upset because your life is not easy, Satan will, he'll try to plant that seed and water that as much as he possibly can. But we're not called to live a life of ease. We are called to co-labor with him in the harvest season. Jesus said, you better pray for laborers in the harvest. Whether you're meant to preach, whether you're meant to print books, whether you're meant to travel, whether you're meant to be a good housewife, whether you're meant to be a good teacher, whether you're meant to just be a, a real dad for your children and, and to be a solid rock for your wife and family and to love God, pay your tithes, go to church, take communion and, and uh, follow God's leadership in your life. Listen, there are times when we we fellowship together as a church, but there are times when we need to just get alone with God and say this, Lord, I want you to unite with me under your leadership in my heart, number one. And number two, help me, Lord, to show the right kind of love in every, in every situation. Those to me are two things that are needful in my life. And I will... I will tell you that uh, those are things that the enemy would like to fight. Whenever the will of God is expressed, whenever the will of God is being lived out, there's always a competition. There's always a conflict that arises in relation to that will. I believe in a simple way, and I, I don't mean to be exclusive here, but I think that's why our church, we, we've been hit hard at different times is because we have striven to find the mind of God and, and live out the will of God. And Satan doesn't like that. He doesn't like the damage we do to his kingdom. He doesn't like the fact that we are very zealous about finding the last seed. And I think Satan will fight that. Satan will fight believers anywhere. Satan will fight you because you're single. Satan will fight you because you're married. He'll fight you because you are well. He'll fight you because you're sick. He'll fight you because you feel really close to God. And he'll fight you because you feel like you're a million miles from God. He's a fighter. Here's what I would do if I were you. I would invite God to join you in your heart under his leadership. And number two, I'd love him with all your heart first. And then love one another. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we are a needy people, Lord, and we realize that this morning. But we are a people, Lord, who have been made conquerors through the love of Jesus Christ and all you have done for us. Lord, we are not a people lost in the fog. We are a people, Lord, under a specific leadership. And we have been given specific promises, Lord, for our time. I pray, O oh God, that you would just strengthen every heart. And Lord, let us be like David, who encouraged himself in the Lord and strengthened himself. And that became a hinge where everything turned, everything changed. And Lord, sometimes we just need to do that ourselves, personally, privately. Sometimes, Lord, we just need to gather, Lord, in your presence and as a people, Lord, to encourage one another. But there are times when we just need to stand on our own, Lord, in your presence, because the power of God transforms us greater than any other power on earth. Lord, may we focus on the right things and may we ponder them in our heart. I pray, Lord, for our assembly this year. I pray that you would lead us and guide us in your will. I pray that we would come under your leadership specifically. I pray, Lord, for those who are sick today and need your touch. We thank you, Lord, for your promise. And we ask that you would give strength where it's needed, Lord. We curse this disease in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would just give each one relief, Lord, that's reaching out to you even now. Lord, pour the oil of gladness upon the troubled seas in our lives. And Lord, I just thank you for all the doctors and nurses and health care givers and caregivers that uh, live, Lord, to uh, serve other people. And Lord, I, I just pray you strengthen them and encourage them in the very difficult circumstances in which they work. Lord, I pray for families and ask, oh God, as you would strengthen mom and dads and give them, Lord, I pray the vision and the uh, faith that they need, Lord, to press forward with their families and, Lord, lead them to the right place so they might hear the right thing. <clears throat> and Lord, I pray also for our young people who have gone through some difficult uh, times over the last couple of weeks. I pray that you would bless them and strengthen them, Lord, and in the absence of being able to get together physically, Lord, may you just strengthen them and encourage them in the Lord. Have your way, Lord, among us, I pray. And thank you, Lord, for Brother Jeremy making this possible and Keith and Matt who are present today and, and uh, all who make this service possible. And we, we give you thanks, Lord, and, and pray for our families and pray with confidence in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And amen. God bless you this morning. We're going to turn it back to Brother Keith. And may God bless your week. In Christ alone I place my trust Find my glory in the power of the cross And every victory Let it be said of me My source of strength
Amen. We certainly hope and trust that you enjoyed the, the service this morning. It is such a comfort to me anyway to know that that my steps have been ordered and that he's got everything in control. I just have to have the patience to trust him. And sometimes that's difficult to do, but we know that he knows best and he's he's got our life already mapped out long before the foundation of the world. As we close this service out, uh, we just ask you all to remember each and every one of us in prayer. Remember each other, all those that are sick and, and uh, dealing with the sickness and all the families that have been touched by by this, uh, this curse. We just uh, pray for each and every one and uh, we will uh, trust that uh, the Lord will have everything worked out and uh, just 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 keep pressing the battle just keep pressing on i'd like to leave with this song <clears throat> this old song i think the key of f brother matt greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world god bless you saints go with god this week greater is he that is in me greater is he that is in me greater I'm gonna let